Now tonight we, we looked in the word, we looked at the world and how it drowned in a flood. All people, they were, unless they were in the ark, they were all dead under miles of dark water. And as we come to this table, I want to say just a few words about depression. The, the noted counselor and writer Ed Welch in his book, Depression, he calls depression a stubborn darkness, a stubborn darkness. Now, I've, I've had friends who were overcome with depression, and, and for some of them, as, as they sunk lower and lower into the depression, it, it almost felt like, even though I might have been sitting across from them just a yard away, it felt like they were receding into the distance, miles and miles away. They could hear me, but it was as if we were miles apart. I could hear them, but it was like it was from a distance. Depression can also be largely invisible to the people that you live with, the people that you work with, the people that you worship with. And if you're in depression, you can just become numb, utterly numb emotionally. It's not that depression means that you're sad, that you're down. It could be that your feelings are just dead. And sometimes it's, it's not that you're down. You're, you're afraid. You're terrified. That, that kind of depression. Depression is this flood that can cover you with a mile of silent, dark water. Jesus experienced that. Psalm 42, verse 7. Deep calls unto deep. At the noise of your waterfalls, all your waves and billows have gone over me. Jesus drowned under the flood of wrath and judgment so that we could be raised up and set safely on the dry land. Why? Why did he go under the flood? Why did he go under the darkest despair? Because he loved you. Because he loved you with a love that is stronger than death. Because he loved you with a love that a flood cannot drown. Song of Solomon, chapter 8. For love is as strong as death. Jealousy as cruel as the grave. Its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement fire. Many waters cannot quench love nor can the floods drown it. In this meal, we take bread. And as we do that, Jesus said, remember me. Because on the cross, he remembers you. He remembers you, the thief. He remembers you, the cowards who ran away. And and in this meal, we also take wine. Jesus shed his blood. He also shed water from his side. It's a picture of the living water that would flood and cleanse us. And so when you take the supper, you say that Jesus went under the flood for me because he loved me and it worked. Jesus arranged this new Passover meal and he says, do this in remembrance of me. And we expect that spiritually he feeds us as we do this. And so if you have come to know Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and and if you're a member in good standing of a gospel-believing church, or you're, you're providentially in process of trying to, to be part of the, the, the people of God. It's not something you're running away from. 
This is for God's people. This is for people who are in the community of God. And so you're invited to come and to take this supper. If, if you don't know Christ, if you're not a Christian, we're really thankful that you're here. And um, you don't want to take the supper. It's only for people who are in covenant with God, like we heard about tonight. But you're, you're welcome to stay here. We invite you just to observe what we're doing. Take it all in. And we'd love to answer any questions you may have about it. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would take the bread, take the wine, and to us, we would sense the love behind them, the love towards us, the love that you want us to take in and to have as our own. We pray, Lord, that it would, it would spark in us a recurrence of, of the love we first had for you, the, the determination that we had to be your disciples, to go anywhere, to do anything that you would call us to do. We pray you would fill us with joy and hope as we do this. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.